Hi, my name is Dr. Joe Braid and I am the Burnout Recovery Doctor. I help healthcare professionals overcome burnout and get their energy back. So whether you're a med student, allied health professional, or a doctor who is suffering from feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you will get your energy back through strategies for burnout recovery. This show will give you the practical tips and mindset strategies to help you recover from burnout in healthcare. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Today on the podcast, I have Corinne Crabtree as my guest. Corinne is a very successful coach and is sharing how she grew two businesses with self-compassion as the game changer. She talks about her personal experience of burnout and why she thinks it happened. Corinne is on the front foot of scheduling and she shares three tips to make planning work for you. Let's get started. Hi, Corinne. So great to have you on the Burnout Recovery Podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, especially because you're in Australia and we sound completely different. <laughs> we do, hey. I'm so very remind, Southern. <laughs> yeah. So we're, remind my audience, where are you based, please? Nashville, Tennessee. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, sure. Great. So would you like to tell me, a my audience, a bit about you, um, your businesses and your sort of mission in life that you've got, please, Corinne? Yeah. So my first business that I started back in 2007 is the NoBS weight loss program where um, I had lost 100 pounds and just knew that I was supposed to help other women do the same thing. I had struggled with weight all my life. And I just remember one day telling my husband that I felt so good about myself because I had lost weight changing how I treated myself and changing how I talked to myself. Mm -hmm. And I had ne never lost weight that way before. And I, I could just tell it was radically different. I was like, more women need this. We don't have enough of this. So I started that business in 2007. And then it grew like expert, like in 2015, I got like, I would say from 2007 to 2015, I was a little, um, it was like a hobby or as a, a fellow coach of mine says, it was a jobby. It was mm -hmm. something that I did, but like I was very passionate. And I treated it like it was a multi-million dollar business, but it was basically making like $20,000 paying for fitness camps, gym memberships, personal trainers and tights. <laughs> That's what it paid for. <laughs> then um, I got real serious about it in 2015 and then started really treating it like a business. And then we are now over eight figures. And so last year, I kept talking to my husband about how I just had a passion for business. I loved it. I'd learned so much. And I felt like there was a big missing void in the world, when on the online world, when it came to coaches and course creators and things on you either bought courses or worked with people who were just about like what you do and that was it or it was just mindset heavy it was just all like we got to believe in ourselves and all this other stuff but they would never tell you what to do mm -hmm. and i just traced back my own experience and i needed both like i did need somebody to tell me how to do certain things like i didn't know how to collect money until someone taught me how to collect money mm -hmm. online Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was a missing space of practical, basic frameworks that work and 
a space where you also have to get out of your own way, where you have to learn how to face your fears, face your doubts, face your insecurities, your imposter syndrome, all that stuff. So I wanted to build a business membership for women that was the no BS business membership where I could just take everything that I had learned and say like, here's how we're doing it, ladies. Like, let's get started. So I started that and that's going to be a year old in July. And then um, my latest adventure is with my husband. Uh, we are buying a local restaurant and converting it into a sports bar. So that's probably going to happen in the next three to four weeks. And so we're going to, we have a long history of being in the restaurant industry in our younger days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a 25 year career, I had a 13 year career, and we just find restaurants fascinating. So we're basically buying that as like, like our hobby, our thing mm-hmm. together. So we're excited about it. It's like a, a little passion project on the side. <laughs> sure. So I hear a lot of variety in your career and sort of um, jumping in and trying something out and and almost experimenting and and the and the weight loss um, program has started through your own personal journey and success mm-hmm. and and passion behind that. And then I'm in your business membership and have learned a lot through that as well. With yes, that strong um, mindset support with great people on your team and certainly yourself on the coaching calls as well, as well as some really great structured. I guess, documents that are really logical in how we work through them and so forth. I found them fantastic. Well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it because it's one of the things that we've worked really hard at is, um, well, I tell my team all the time, there's nothing we're doing in our business that we need to keep secret. Like Mm -hmm. everything that, like if we developed the tool, if Mm -hmm. we have a process that works, we might as well give it to our members. Like, because it's not like you can't go find that stuff. I just don't think people should have to cobble together their business. Like Mm -hmm. I know one of the reasons it took me so long to be successful is I did have to cobble it together. Like back Mm -hmm. in the day when I was building mine, there wasn't like, you just didn't have online business memberships. You didn't have all the structure. You literally had to go and listen to every podcast, find random courses. What, you know, this is the thing I'm missing now. So now I've got to take this. Mm -hmm. I did that for years. And I just, I just keep thinking, how can I make that next person's journey a little bit faster, a little bit easier? Because mm-hmm. there's so much that has to be overcome anyway. Like you have to yeah. overcome your self-doubt and you have to mm-hmm. like learn new things. There's lots of things that naturally come along for the ride. The processes shouldn't be an extra load in your bucket. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we just try to, we try to help y'all as much as we can. Love that. Because I guess a lot of my audience is medical and we have this really set out sort of plan that we do through medical school and then residency and specialist training after that. Um, And yeah, there's a a whole lot of um, self-doubt and imposter syndrome that can often come up for many people through there as well. And I think some of the part that might be missing in the medical career is the coach. I think so too. I think, well, I think every human pretty much needs a coach. I mean, if you yeah. got a brain, mm-hmm. you probably got a mess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never met a brain that just wasn't a complete mess. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I remember the other day, my husband, we were, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but if there was anyone in the world that probably has the tidiest of brains, he just has no drama ever. And I tease okay. him all the time, like, 
why aren't you worked up about this? Like, why don't I? <laughs> we were doing something and I can't remember what he said. And I just asked him, like, I just naturally drop into coach mode sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I asked him a question and he turned around and his eyes got big and he started tapping his mouth. He was like, I- I've never thought about that. I-, I didn't even realize that that was a problem. Like, you could have blown him over with a feather. And so, wow. like, if Chris Crabtree, could use a coach. Any of us can. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, Corinne, you've obviously done a lot of building and gone really into into your own depth, your own journey in learning how to grow up your business significantly. Have you ever been close to burnout, do you think, in this journey, um, the sort of post-2015 journey that you've described of really um, getting behind your business and then expanding another one and now thinking and now opening your sports bar soon? Has that come across your wavelength at all? It has. Like, I will say it it probably wasn't, it was probably, if if I had to, like, I don't know the exact year, but it was probably between around 2016 and 2017. Mm -hmm. I wanted to really grow my business. And um, I was like pretty much at that, like, like trying to get to about 400,000 mark. Mm -hmm. And I was really pushing myself, but I was pushing myself in a negative way. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was not like, I always think about burnout this way. It really isn't about the amount of hours that you put in. It's about the conversation you have with yourself mm-hmm. during those hours. Mm-hmm. And that particular year, I was like challenging my entire belief system. Like I was uh, very afraid about money. My son was going through a transition and in school where he had been go he has autism and he had been going to a Catholic school mm-hmm. and he needed to go to a very expensive special school. Like we were going from paying ten thousand dollars a year to fifty thousand dollars a year in tuition. Like that child could have went to Harvard, mm-hmm. but he was going to, you know, sixth grade. And so that year there was so much fear behind my work. It was, oh my God, we don't have enough money. Like I've got to make up the difference. Um, I, that year there was a lot of worrying about like when, when a teacher comes up to you and says, you know, we love Logan, but we just can't help him the way he needs help. All of a sudden I just saw him never succeeding in life. Mm-hmm. It was going to be up to me. I needed to grow my business. I was going to have to take care of my baby. Like that year I worked in what I would call like traumatic urgency all year okay. long. and. Mm-hmm. I often go to bed crying. Um, I I have the capacity to just keep grinding and grinding and grinding, but like my life just was like it just felt like it flipped up on it on its on its end. Mm-hmm. Like I drank more that year. Like I had you know lost my way. I was not the kind of person that did that stuff anymore. And that year, almost every night I wanted to go to the bar with my husband. I was like, let's just have a, I just need a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. And cause it was the only way that I knew how to shut off the, the fear and anxiety going through my brain. Yeah. That was probably the year that it was the toughest. And then that next year I started getting some coaching and working through um, like feeling safe, mm-hmm. feeling like, um, like believing in my business instead of like 
you know, demanding results out of my business. Mm. Um, I really had to change that relationship with my business. Cause even today, like we make eight figures now. Um, I can work a lot, but I enjoy the work. Mm-hmm. Like there are some days, um, my, my husband works for me now. I retired him out a few years ago. I was like, I know I can grow faster if I, like I have you. And so he came downstairs and I was just going. He's like, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. What are you doing? Cause I start like at five in the morning, most days, mm-hmm. 435 in the morning. Sure. I was like, I'm just really into these scripts. Like I am creating the best gorgeous content. These ladies are not going to know what's hit them. And, mm-hmm. But when I was working like that, could have worked all day and night. And so I always like to tell people what, like my thoughts about burnout is don't get caught up in thinking about all the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing is a symptom of what's going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. So listen for that, that fear, that anxiety, that, that like pressure that you're putting on yourself. That's what we have to work on. You know, sure. you may or may not reduce your hours, but let, like I've watched many women, myself included, think our hours are the problem. So then we cut mm-hmm. out a bunch well, then we're just left sitting without work, worrying. Like sure. whatever was driving the work is still sitting there. Now it's like, well, now I ain't got nothing to distract me. Now I'm just being unproductive about my work. Mm-hmm. So like that, like reducing hours or whatever doesn't solve that crap that goes on in between your ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Like quitting the job is not the solution to burnout. It is addressing, yeah, your mindset, what's going on there. And returning back to the same job or then deciding if you want to change your job after that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then, so then coaching kind of came in your world in about 2018. Coaching. I, well, in 2015 is when I went to school mm-hmm. and yep. then um, I don't think I got good at self-coaching mm. until a couple of years in. Like okay. the first couple of years is like, I was always just trying to slap a happy thought on things, but I had so much fear and anxiety. It's like I had never disproven what was going on for myself. So I was always just trying to feel good about something I thought was terrible. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it didn't work. And then after a couple of years, I really started understanding coaching because I coached a lot of people. I coached myself. I hired my own coach to work with me. And that's when things started really easing up and clicking for me. Yeah. That's when it was like, all right, like, I'm going to really make sure that everybody that enters my world, like I'm never going to just tell them what to do. We're going to combine that action also with that mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Okay. So today I wanted to hear about how self-compassion has been something that's, as I understand, really helped your business take off as well. And um, I'm curious to know, Corinne, if self-compassion is something you've always had for yourself or if, again, that is something that's changed and something you've brought into sort of your your mindset or your self-talk. Uh, I had to learn it. I was not good at the self-compassion. <clears throat> Growing up, I was really bullied, um, like for years around my weight and my body. Um, my dad, I, who I love, but he just checked out. Like when my parents were young, uh, my mom was 17 when she had me, he was 16. 
by the time she was 21, they were divorced. Mm-hmm. And my dad just moved on. Like it was, you know, I saw him every now and then, but um, I took it really personally. I thought it was me. So I had abandonment issues and stuff. And so even in my earliest journals, I started writing in my first diary when I was nine years old. As you read them, I was really not compassionate with myself. I always thought there were things wrong with me. I always thought I had to change me. Um, I talked terribly to myself. By the time I was a senior in high school, um, I attempted suicide. I had severe depression. Um, I, I had a rat-tastic little relationship with myself the mm. vast majority of my life. And then when I went to lose weight, I really started understanding that I was going to have to become a cheerleader of me. I was going to have to start figuring out what's right about me. I like, I just couldn't stay in that, that mindset anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I taught myself how to spot old Korean thinking in the littlest of ways. Like, Ooh, that sounds like old Korean thinking, like anything that felt gross or bad or terrible. I would call it old Corinne and I'll be like, but what is new Corinne? Like, what is she doing and what is she thinking? And so I had to really teach myself that. And then it like it worked really well for a lot of years. And then when I started growing my business and stuff, as usual, when you try to do something, you try to go back to what like how you did it all your life. Well, Mm -hmm. in work, I had always pushed myself and told myself, well, you're the dumbest. So you're going to have to outwork everybody because that's what you're good at. And so I would try to build my business thinking, well, I'm I'm the one person like so I was in Brooks um mastermind for a while or like at the life coach school Brooke Castillo runs it. Mm-hmm. And for years I showed up at that mastermind every single time thinking I have to outperform everybody else because I'm the dumbest one in the room. I'm like I'm the person that she would have never wanted to be the top earner. And I did that for years to myself and it took a while for me to unwind that. So like self-compassion has probably been something that I've literally had to just work on. And it's something I still work on to this day. Mm -hmm. I try to catch myself when I'm not believing in myself, when I'm really hard on myself, when I'm picking my body apart, whatever, like whatever flavor it comes in, Mm -hmm. I try to like just take a breath and remind myself like, hey, we know this doesn't work. Like, I know you want to think these things, but this path has never worked for us. In fact, you've got more evidence of how it's never worked than you do of how it does work. Yeah. And so I try to just put that pause in and be like, all right, regroup. I don't even try to like talk really nice to myself in those moments. I just try to get some clarity in those moments. And then like I get back to doing things and then eventually the nice talk is easier to come online when you're doing that. Sure. So I'm hearing it's it's practiced, it's listening in, it's just when you hear that old version, you pause and regroup and almost make a decision in that moment. Am I going to continue with that old chat that's well-practiced and I've done for maybe decades or change it up and bring this? Maybe earlier on it was not so familiar and I'm just – working on the the more self-compassionate for the moment um, voice with me. Yeah. I tell my clients all the time, it's like, cause they'll say to me when I, when I tell them like, now look, if we're going to do self-love, 
you're probably going to hate it. Like, it's hard. It's not what you're used to. You got to remind yourself all the time. Like, it, it is a constant, like, redirecting your brain, redirecting your brain. And they're like, oh, that sounds exhausting. I'm like, well, it is. It is exhausting. But you're going to bed exhausted from your own bullcrap all day long already. It's not like you ain't going to bed tired of you. Now we're just going to go to bed tired because we're becoming who we want to be. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather go down swinging than to go down like a chump every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, when you're talking in our business, master, like our business group that we're in, how, how do you infiltrate that sort of self-compassion um, approach? How would you teach self-compassion to uh, maybe newbies in the business world and people who are starting off uh, maybe not believing in themselves and also um, some tough talk on themselves. What would you what would you suggest to them to almost make the journey more fun and more enjoyable? Well, I think one is to just like, I think before you can make it fun, you have to be brutally honest with yourself where you aren't making it fun. Okay. Like a lot of times we think it's like, well, it's because it's new. That's why it's not fun. It's like, no. It's because anything that you're learning that's new, if you're talking to yourself like a butt, that makes it not fun. Mm-hmm. Like you can take one person, like for me, um, this is such a silly example, but um, I always tell my team, like I am so good at like word processing documents. Like I can sit down in pages and make a beautiful worksheet and a beautiful book and stuff like with the best of them. And my team hates it. They hate it. And they like talk to themselves like, I don't want to learn. I don't want to watch your looms. I know you keep telling me. I'm like, y'all, like it's fun when you get out of your own way. So before like they're whining about like them thinking I'm no good at it Mm -hmm. takes the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. For me, I tell myself, I'm like, man, we're going to make something beautiful. This is going to help so many people. Whether it is actually beautiful is debatable, but I'm having fun with it because I'm thinking about like all the people it's going to help and stuff. I'm not thinking about all the things I hate about it. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, it's like the very first thing when it comes to self-compassion is you have to actually know when you're not being compassionate. Mm-hmm. We can't just start saying nice things to ourselves and hope they'll stick. Mm-hmm. We actually have to understand what are the unnice things that we're saying to ourselves? What are the things that stink? that we tell ourselves all the time, because if we really have to turn the volume up on that, Mm -hmm. you cannot let that stuff go unacknowledged. That right there is one of the first things that I teach people. It's just called the notice. We've got to be willing to notice how often we're doing it. And then the next thing, when it comes to self-compassion that I feel like has really helped people the most is to normalize why you do it. A lot of times when we are going to learn how to love ourselves and learn how to have compassion, we turn up that volume and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, I think crap. I shouldn't do that. This is terrible. Like we say all this other crap on top of crap. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, I don't understand why I don't want to listen to myself anymore. It's like, I don't know if you're going to judge yourself every single time, like a big old Judge Judy then yeah, you're going to want to turn that volume back down. Mm -hmm. So I just always say your brain, no matter what it tells you, even if it's hateful and sounds like venom, it has a reason why. 
it almost always has a good intention. It just doesn't know how to say it. It may be saying it like your mama used to talk to you. It may be saying like society has taught you. Mm-hmm. It's got it like for me, a lot of my inner voice sounds like a bully, just like those kids when I was mm-hmm. a kid. So yeah. it doesn't mean that your brain's trying to harm you. It usually has a well-intended purpose. Our job is to hear what it has to say and normalize. Now, why would my brain say it this way? What is its good intention? Like what's behind this? Because when you do that, then you get relief. You get relief from your own crap, but then you get this relief in knowing like, okay, everything makes sense. I just got to figure out how to make it make sense. And I think Mm -hmm. when we do that, Self-compassion is so much easier to turn on. Figuring out how you want to think about yourself is so much easier to turn on when you do that like early investigative normalizing work. Mm. Great. Yeah, thank you. Great tips for for people, I think, at any stage of life. You know, it's it's just so human. It's such a normal reaction that keeps coming to us. Mm-hmm. I'd love to... Um, start closing out the interview with asking you some tips about your amazing scheduling you have. So um, I love your year planner, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily, do goals. Mm -hmm. Um, Share with my audience how, you know, your fantastic systems help you. And are there three tips you could share with my audience, please, about scheduling and time management? Yeah. So the first thing is, It works because, especially in business, (laughs) if you show up for your business every day and you're just going to like address whatever it presents to you, your business will present daily emergencies. It will present other people's needs, other people's priorities. It's going to present lots of things every day. What it rarely ever presents is things that actually will make your business grow. It does not present long-term strategy and it doesn't present like like little chunks of projects that aren't urgent, but if you did them, they could change the trajectory of your business. Mm -hmm. So for me, planning is about being intentional about there's going to be 80%, and this is how I do my day, about 80% of my day is like the day-to-day, the grind, the things that you have, like I have to check my email like everybody else. I, you know, my team's going to ask me questions like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to do a podcast like everybody else, like those things. But 20% of my day really needs to be on those big initiatives. And if you don't create a plan to work on those, you'll never, the, the, they're never screaming for your attention. Mm-hmm. And most people show up every day only working on what screams for their attention. So that's one reason why I do planning because I want to make sure that my business is always at least getting 20% of my time that is dedicated to its growth, its nurturing, and its important work. Mm. Now, three tips for people. Number one is I, so I do planning twice and it doesn't take that long. So if everybody's like, I mean, yeah, that's going to take forever. It does not take that long. <laughs> Every Sunday, I look at my week and I go ahead and fill my calendar with like, all right, if this is all the things I got to do, I go ahead and plug everything in on my digital calendar Mm -hmm. so that it's sitting there. And like literally every single time block has a purpose behind it. So if you were to look at my calendar right now, you would see that um, 
this morning or yesterday morning at 5 a.m., I had scheduled to write two modules of a Nobius course that I'm working on. Like I had to go through these two modules. I need to write some of the content for them. Mm-hmm. So there's never a doubt what I'm supposed to do from hour to hour. But the second way that I do it is so the first thing is like the big glance at the week. Then every morning I get up with my planner and I hand write. Here's the three things I'm going to get done today. And here's why it's important. And here's how I can like show up in a bigger way today. And I rewrite my time commitments. That little five-minute exercise of just redoing each day, it's like um, it's like hitting the reset button every morning. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to roll today. This is why everything's important. So the first thing I would do is kind of plan your whole week on your digital calendar. And then every day, just write down what you're supposed to do for the day. Mm-hmm. It just helps your brain. Your brain just needs constant direction. The second thing that I... I think is important for everyone is assess your day. Like every single day I take, I have the daily reflection, my three little questions here. Mm -hmm. And I just assess the day. Like, is there anything that I could do better tomorrow? Is there anything that like today that I need to remember? And one thing that I do is I like every meeting I go to, I check it off. Everything I got done, I scratch it out. Mm-hmm. That gives me a dopamine hit. Sure. It were like for especially for people who burn out easy. We tend to, I would imagine, especially your audience of you know doctors and stuff, mm-hmm. is we move on to the next thing. It's like we hit an accomplishment. There's no time for celebrating. It's like, oh wait, no, we got this other thing now we're working on. Hundred. So when I go through and check it off every day, it makes me pause to be like. Look how much I am accomplishing. Mm-hmm. You need that in order to combat burnout. And I think the last thing is just every day I like to ask myself, like, what is it that I'm doing today where I can show up like in a big way? Like, where uh, the question is actually one way I could provide extreme value in my role today. It's mm-hmm. just a little question that makes me clarify I'm not here to work in my business. I'm here to give extreme value. And so it makes me think a little bit harder and a little bit bigger about what I'm going to be doing for the day. Awesome. Thanks for that. That's simple, tangible, doable. Definitely. Yeah. Let's wrap up with the question I ask all my podcast guests. Please, if you're comfortable, share a part of your self-care routine that you really love or rarely miss. So (laughs) I have... The new face <laughs> and the Foreo. So yep. I am um, really big into keeping the moneymaker looking nice. Nice. So every night I, um, and I will tell you, this is the best thing I ever did was I have a basket that sits next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And I, so I first I wash my face with the new face, which scrubs. I wear so much makeup. Like I, you have to like have an electronic device just to sandblast all of it. Off. <laughs> <laughs> then I go to bed and I get in. And all my little creams and my little potions and everything are in my basket. Mm -hmm. Because if I have to stand in my bathroom and do it, I am likely to cut it short. If I'm laying in bed watching TV, I will do it. So I do my nightly routine. I put all my stuff on and I have that new, uh, thing. no, this is the, I think it's the Foreo. One of them's new face and one of them's Foreo. If you look them up, one's a scrubber and then one sends electrical currents through Mm -hmm. your skin Mm -hmm. and it tightens your face. And I do that every night. And for me, that's self-care because it's like, 
I don't know. I love like the smell of it. I love the ritual of it. I like going to bed knowing like, woo, going to wake up younger tomorrow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it's calmer. I mean, it is calmer than standing up in the bathroom and, oh, come on. I just want to lie down or get into bed and start chilling. Yes. So yeah, that combination yeah. is there for you. This has been great, Corinne. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else at all that you'd like to add uh, to the podcast episode today? Now, well, there's one thing. So I do have um, an advanced certification coming up in weight loss. And I know mm -hmm. that, um, I, I don't know if your audience is interested, but we uh, historically in the past have only offered it up to LCS coaches. Mm -hmm. And I actually, in my own memberships, I have a ton of doctors in my memberships. And a lot mm -hmm. of them have asked, can I please take your advanced certification? Because I'd like to be able to talk to people about mindset and about different things when it comes to weight loss, rather than just like, you know, hey, probably need to go on a diet. You know, I, I feel for physicians because the physicians I know, they say like, we just don't get much education on this stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's a blip on the radar. And yet it's one of those conversations that's tough to have with people, but it's vital and important also. And so we are opening it up to out anybody who would like to go through our weight loss certification. You would mm -hmm. learn our no BS methods. So if people are interested, they can go to theweightlossuniversity.com. They can get on the wait list and we can send them information about what it entails, when it starts and all the goodies. It's going to include... Um, a two-day live event here in Nashville mm -hmm. is part of the certification. And it's also going to include three months of the Nobius Business Women's membership because um, we just have a lot of really good things going on over there. And I just think it's important for coaches not to just learn how to be a weight loss coach, but you need to know how to get your word out to people. You need sure. to know how to find the people to make the impact. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And that's another part of some of the medical training I've experienced that we don't get a whole lot of business acumen from what we do there or what we, yeah. all the medical stuff we learn. Fantastic. Well, we'll put all of your links and detailed bio and so forth in the show notes so that everybody can see that. Corinne, I am delighted to have you on my podcast today. It's been really great to hear all these gems across our whole lives, whether it is a business or mindset or self-care routine in the evening. And thank you so much for sharing all that you have done today. I know my audience will find it really inspiring. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Corinne, for a great chat on the podcast today. Check out the show notes for contact details of where to find Corinne and the programs she has created. Thank you for tuning in to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and head on over to my website at drjoebraid.com. There you can download my free guide with 10 tips to take if you're nearing burnout. See you next time.